Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. It's just Wade and I. It's just Wade and Mike today in the office. Um, I think we're alone. <laughs> and uh, we're here during our January term, which is where we teach one class for four hours every day for two and a half weeks. And uh, that's it's a full three credit course. I actually enjoy it doing it this way. I would I would prefer if we did this all. This is how we always did and education. I, uh, I enjoy it for Pauline Epistles, but there's other classes I know I would not enjoy right. it for. I, w- I wouldn't, and like if I was designing something, I would have maybe, I don't know, like maybe a, a quarter where you had like this, you had four classes that were just all. Right. And there are some who yeah, do that. And I, then, and then you could have that, like another quarter where it's like, okay, you just have two classes or whatever. I think, yeah. Cause like the, some of the history classes are just too much. Um, but I do like that the kids are totally all in on this one. The immersive thing. aspect is what's yeah, really nice. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so uh, that's why um, it's just Wade and I kind of a weird schedule for us uh, during this uh, first part of January. Uh, Wade had sent me an article about, I can't remember the title now. What was the title? Um, the Modern Economy is Built on Addiction. Um, the subtitle would be Late Capitalism Seeks to Exploit Addictive Behavior. It is from The Spectator. And it's by Sam, and I'm going to guess the pronunciation is Leith, um, but it's L-E-I-T-H. It's either Leith or Lyth. Right. Those are our two options. And the cartoon face of him looks like that. It looks more like a Leith than a Lyth. Yeah. I have no idea. That's my thought. So, uh, Like I, our, our good friend, right, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler, isn't it, or how do you spell his last name? So it was P-E-I-L's Peel, but they switched it. Because it was the German pronunciation, they switched the E and the I when they came across the... Oh, so it is... Okay, yeah. But it is now E-I-L. But there was... Yeah, so it's... But it originally was I-E-L. Yeah, so it's kind of like that where maybe Tyler has just poisoned me for when I see other E-I combinations now. Well, I think, you know, it's... I don't know who to blame, the Germans or the Americans for this. Or just the Peels. Yeah. All right. So um, I thought it was an interesting uh, idea... The article is actually quite short. It's not mm-hmm. not heavy and academic or whatever. It could have been. I think the definitely the subtitle was definitely an editor putting that in because it's not the main part of the of the uh, right. of the article. But I think we can maybe get down that road. And I think it's very fascinating. And maybe uh, time to look in the mirror, you know, as an individual and maybe as a culture, and to uh, take a look at how our economy runs and how. Uh, we maybe have unhealthy relationships with certain things. Um, and in a culture that um, is in love with the notion of free will and choice, <clears throat> probably healthy to um, realize we to don't. ask and wrestle with, um, is our will maybe even less free with all these choices? And we have discussed this from not just a religious theological point of view, but from a <laughs> secular point of view, Jonathan Height uh, uh, would be one of our one of our favorites when it comes to this particular I- issue. So uh, yeah, I think we can have a good, healthy discussion about that. We do have. By a free the way, I am I am drinking my diet Pepsi. Yes, <laughs> um, I had my coffee, and I've been yeah. trying not to drink soda. Yeah, but my body just told me that to do this podcast well. Yeah, I needed a crisp, refreshing yeah. diet Pepsi. With that said, we fully realize that we um, will not, hopefully will not come off as uh, condescending and preachy 
because we are definitely oh i'm the worst we are definitely uh i don't want to use the word victim but we are definitely a part of the problem there's a reason I have to be careful on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. So uh, this is definitely a look in the mirror for I'm a us too. Sucker for a good algorithm. This may actually be like I'm not saying it's like Augustine's Confessions. I'm not saying it's going to be that great literature, um, but it's going to be close. Mm. Okay. Our free for all was going to be something that we uh, some kind of skill or knowledge that. Oh, we're not going to do the disclaimer and the pause thing. Well, we're, I'm just leading. Oh, you're up. leading into yeah. it. I'm sorry. Our, our, something that like a, a, a skill or maybe um, something that we wish we'd have known as children. Was that what it, and then now we do know. And like that would have been helpful to know back then. Okay. So before we go any further though, let's uh, have a disclaimer. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our free for all where we discuss the pressing issues of the day. Um, I will say, I haven't produced the episodes yet, but we did record two last week. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dying. Um, my allergies have been driving me nuts lately. Um, Both could be true. I did get tested. Both could be true. You could I'm, be dying and allergies I'm are. negative for the Rona. In fact, if I had to venture a guess, is Wade dying and have allergies? I would say yes to both. That could be, yeah. Like all of the above. I will try not to cough too much, but um, so we had two episodes we recorded the other day, and when I get around to producing them, they'll be coming out, and we probably did. I sprang it on them without running it by them before. Maybe our darkest free for all question of all times, last time, which was yeah. about um kicking a baby animal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I'm anticipating. But, I mean, it had it had to be asked, right? I'm anticipating um, angry emails will have come in about that, and so I would just like to um, formally apologize in advance for uh, for having thrown that topic out. We decided to go with a safer topic today, and that is simply um, as a grown man, at least in 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 body in stature, if not in wisdom. Um, what's a skill we wish we would have picked up along the way that we did not? And I let's not make it where we can just be broad and be like, I'd like to be more handy mm-hmm. because that can include like a lot of things. That could be fixing pipes. That could be carpentry. Um, but like a, a more narrow thing, um, what is a skill we wish we would have picked up or maybe we even had and we've kind of lost so um, I'll let you go first, Michael, since my voice is, is not all that great. I'm going to let you do a lot of talking today. Well, this is a, I mean, there's a, I mean, the stuff I don't know, right? I mean, that's a, that's a big topic, right? Um, but knowing that is half the battle. Yeah, boy. Uh, I don't know. Talking to girls. <laughs> the, 
Did know? something happen to Amanda? No, I just, no, just, you know, not be awkward around people. I mean, isn't that how you got your wife was being a smooth talker? Yeah, you're right. Um, it's something I, uh, I was probably really not good at for a long time, talking to other people. Oh, not just specifically girls? Yeah. But. You were good at talking to other people. I just would say, um, in my experience, it, it sometimes uh, made me feel bad or scared me. <laughs> right back at you. Right back at you. Um <laughs> Yeah, so no, that that's kind of a joke. I I think uh uh I mean the the things that I'm not good at are music, languages, and most mechanical type things. <laughs> Those are pretty broad things, but uh You're you're better at mechanical than me yeah. though. You build some stuff. I do, but uh I you know, I I think that the skill of understanding having an engineering mind. So when I look at anything technological there, once, once someone shows you, Oh, this is how this works. I go, okay. And then I think to myself, why didn't I think that what that's so obvious? Why didn't think that way? And I realize, like you and I are both like, if we see something in Renaissance history, we can put that puzzle together. We can say, that's why that is there. This is what it then produced this. We can see causation through art, thought, theology, politics. That is something that we are relatively good at compared to, I would get, say, the, the average person walking down the street. But the average person walking down the street ha, is going to have a better ability than I to figure out that the causation of mechanical things. So <clears throat> that's always hurt me a little bit and, and made my life very frustrating. Yeah, I would say that's true of me as well. Yeah. Um, I'll be a little more specific because um, there's a lot of things that are mechanical that I don't understand. <clears throat> um, I uh, I had in high school woods, and I really liked it. I had junior high. And I got high, okay yeah. at it. Um, and I think that's something I really wish I would have stuck at and got better at because I think like working on the house, mm-hmm. like like if I wanted to finish the basement and I mean, if you know how to do the carpentry aspect, throwing up drywall, you can figure out, you know, with that, whatever. Um, I think just to be able to make stuff, um, to do something, you know, with, with your hands is to lose yourself in that is a rewarding thing. Um, so, I mean, I would like to be able to do electrical work, plumbing, whatever, but I think the main one I would pick and the the thing that's hard about getting into it is not just learning when you're older, but like that's kind of something you build up having the equipment for throughout life. You know, um, I got the boys for Christmas each. Uh, I'm starting to build up like tool sets for them because that's something I wish I would have done more, you know, uh, to be able to do some of that. Um, I've been doing that with the girls, too. Yeah. The um, Like here's a hammer. Yeah. And I know like, you know, um, in Mike's backyard, he's built some nice stuff, you know, to be able to do. Um, I think that... Uh, that would be something I, uh, I wish I I were better at. Um, and you know maybe the time will come when you know you get it, the kids are gone and I have a little room to yeah. put stuff that a, a good hobby to get into. Um, but I think especially like carpentry, drywall, like that type of yeah. stuff. I don't mind hiring an electrician. Um, I don't mind you know hiring a plumber. I mean plumbing is not in any way anything I enjoy dealing with. But I do think like. Um, well, like our friend, 
And um, co-host, who's not been on in quite some time, even though he promised me he was going to come on on the one reading I shared. Uh, Peter does a lot of work himself. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he can kind of figure it out and do it. Um, and I think uh, I would enjoy specifically that aspect. Um, I mean, there's other things that would come up. I would love to... I feel like I, I do all right with learning languages to be able to read them and operate them in that way. Um, and I I can get by in Europe sometimes, you know, um, with German or um, with with some other stuff as I figure it out. But I think um, to really be able to, to think in another language would be something that yep. I really... Yep. I don't know that any of them that I've, I've never reached the point to where you actually just start thinking in it like you, you, know? you dream in french or right something. yeah no i get you um if you had to choose like being um good at like woods and metals or being like a car guy like we're th i mean oh totally woods and metals i think I'd i don't do, like cars but i think i do a car i don't want to own a car i know i don't either but we live in america and if you're going to own a car then maybe like you should get like i a will not concede car. america to cars i i, I think that's already that it's already been done. Yeah, but we got to turn it around. Yeah. It's not a it's too We can't vast. keep the roads up. It's too vast. And it's Pretty and soon the roads in Milwaukee, you're just not going to be able to get your listen, car down. Listen, uh, it's all about extra bike traffic that's the problem. Yeah. Um, They're really tearing up the road. I, I think you're talking a cultural shift, like a major cultural right. shift. That's what we need. And and I think that major cultural shifts um, are not something that America's really keen on. I mean, I, I don't think America necessarily is, is stubborn about its cars and infrastructure. I, I just think that, and plus it's just too vast. It's not like we keep building, you know, suburb after suburb, suburb in a, a car-centered way. <laughs> uh, you do. Yeah. yeah, we just keep building. I mean, like, I, I, can think garage, I, I, I would agree with you that I would, I would rather do train travel because it's easier. And um, you can work while you're on the train. It's less stressful, all that good stuff. But you're talking major subsidy for the government. Yeah. Not just the infrastructure, but, a continued but who's subsidy. who's the big government guy in this room? Right? That's right, you are. And I think that uh, people like their freedom. And what are you going to do? You're going to have like you're going to have multiple trains going from a Conemwalk to Beaver Dam. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. All right. So you good luck with your Marxist dream. <laughs> Trains are Marxist now? Yeah, that's right. Trains are Marxist. Were trains like the beginning of capitalism, like with steamboats and stuff I, like, like this? I don't, I, I'm not, I don't really care for your history, you know, and your facts. Right. Yeah. But no, I would, de I would definitely, um, I mean, cars get old and die. I think like um, carpentry stuff, like that yeah. can be a hand-me-down. I, I, what I'm after here is what you were kind of after is like, eventually the kids are going to be gone. Yeah. And I'm going to need something to do because... Uh, you know what one of my biggest fears... Well, just not to have to, like, not just to have to always call people for stuff. Yeah, that's that, true. That's true. But I think something I, I'm more concerned about, I'm literally more concerned. One of my big, if you ask me what my biggest fear of, my fear is, it's actually retirement. See, I don't fear that at all. I fear retirement, and I need something to do. So. I was actually going to put in for retirement. As department head, I had my paperwork ready to give to you, but I guess I should wait now. Did Trisha approve of... You retired. Well, I figured I'd consult her afterwards. Yeah, I mean, there's no that'd point. Be, that'd be a good idea. You know, talking to her about it if I don't even know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, I think that's the way you should. You know what has happened re recently? Hmm. Um, not necessarily retirement, but uh, 
we had to re-up life insurance and then I got extra life insurance. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's getting 300 grand or more if I die. I went 400. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, we were, we were way lower. We were like way lower too. We just did ours. What do you get? What if I if also, she, you know what I didn't have to it, do that you had to do? What? I haven't had to get a single physical oh, to do my life insurance. Test. What, what if, uh, let's just say that Trisha would come upon an unfortunate accident. How much money would Dr. Johnson I think get? I maybe get a little bit through her work, but not a lot. But she's the breadwinner. I think it's like, I think it, well, actually maybe get a fair, I think it's, I think she said it's like two or three years of her salary. So I, that actually would not be yeah, terrible. Because Trisha yeah. is the breadwinner. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I feel comfortable retiring. I would, I would very much. You know, I, I, I would retire, but I would get like a part-time job, stocking shelves at discount liquor. Sure. Yep. I think I'd like that. I, I would, yeah. I, I, if I were your financial advisor, I would have more insurance on her than you. Like I, I feel like I feel more like she's going to be competent. Well, I just think like I mean I'm not you. gonna. I think if she died, like you'd be a hard, you'd be a mess. Like right, you'd no, be I, able to I handle would die a not job long after. Right, I would. I would no. I would largely give up on my job. Right, um, I would hope. Probably Anna would have to raise the kids because Maggie's mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. but I would trust Anna to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I mean, I would largely survive on oven pizza. Uh, I, I think Nick would help out financially a little bit. Nick and Isaiah. Isaiah? Prize Ziggy would. Nick will be off to college. But Ziggy wants to do skilled trades, so he would. But I would I would mostly give up on life. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, maybe that's. And, and to be fair, firstly, because I love her and I would yeah. miss her. Um, but secondly, there's just a lot of things I would have to do yeah. for survival that I don't have to do you, now. You don't. And, and I just, I'm not looking for more in my life no, in that way. No. I, I could see you becoming a minimalist. If your if your children were gone and, and Trisha, uh, for no, her I'm, benefit, went I'm to heaven. I'm definitely the throw it out person in our family. Okay. Yeah, like you would be. You know a, what I want to do? <clears throat> I'm not even joking, and I want to do this in our backyard. But my wife, I'm sure, will never let me. Um, is like you can get these sheds now, that like can be like little shacks also, mm-hmm. and like you know, there's authors who have like writing sheds, <laughs> but I don't want this just to be a writing shed. I would like this to be. Um, like a living area mm-hmm. um, and like Unabomber size, but not because yeah. I have anything that weird, but I honestly would not mind. I have in there like, you know, electricity. Mm-hmm. So I get internet mm-hmm. and then, you know, some sort of, I don't even need a bathroom. I can go in the house. Yeah. yeah I would, I would like a he shed. Yeah. A, but a, not like man cave to have stupid, like, Sports decorations. I want bare bones. Mm-hmm. And I was I, going there and uh, I think you need to be careful there because if you do do that, I think that like there would be a slow process of you moving out there and then all of a sudden Trisha one day changes the locks on the main house. There's We have codes. Changes the codes and doesn't the tell young, the you. The kids would tell me. Yeah. I would well, promise I'm, to buy them like a PS5. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't even think bathroom-wise, you know, like around my garage, yeah, can, uh, there's that bathroom area I can... Like I mean, if you're the, working... Between the fence and the garage. If you're working, I mean, we got a gym here. Mm-hmm. You can shower here. I have showered here. Yeah. Okay. Back when I used to work out before yeah. teaching. All right. I think we're done. We have exhausted... Ask me how much this shed costs. Uh, 1000 16 grand. Oof. But it's two floors. Oh, really? There's okay, an upper loft. Yeah. 
which would be um, my uh, sleeping quarters, but also in the case that I had to defend myself, that's where I would. Yeah. Um, you would have like. I would be prepared. bow and arrows. Different You'd have a bow angles. up there and my shotgun. Um, do you? It's going to be have air conditioning. I, I don't think I would want. I you know. Air conditioning. I think you do. No, I think I would totally. I think you regret would. not having yeah. it. But I think it runs counter to what I want my shack but, to be. But you're talking minimal cost for a window air conditioner. Yeah. I think I would do like ice bucket fans. How about, how about this? How about this? How about this? Yeah, I don't think that works real great in the Midwest humidity. We use them in softball and baseball. Here, here's the deal. How about this? You build your shed. I will, I will as a housewarming gift. You wouldn't turn down a gift. Probably not, uh, unless it were like a mock gift. Oh no, I would give you an air conditioner, a window air conditioner. Well, thank you. I yeah. might accept it in that case. Okay, uh, let's move on. Because the desert fathers say that you should not turn down gifts yeah. Yeah. that are given in hospitality. And uh, I think we've exhausted this. I think it's time to move on. To... I think we should come back to the shack. Okay. We can come back. You to know the shack who else later. I bet would like a shack? Hmm. I bet Ben and Peter would also yeah. like. I that. would like a shack. Or who you would, would like a shack? Who doesn't want a shack? If you're a listener. Um, feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, what's our email again? I don't know. It's like I don't podcast check it. to let the bird I don't fly check it. Do you check it? Remember when we used to say our email? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know how to check it for the longest yeah. time. Peter used to check it, and then yeah, I, I gave up. Peter does other. He's just living his life now. Yeah, they're moving. By the way, they get a new house. They did move. Yeah, do they have a shack? Not yet. Okay. Did you? Um, did you 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 know what I gave Gabe for Christmas, right? Uh-uh. Oh, knives. You gave him knives. Peter's youngest boy, I gave yeah. retractable knives so they go in when you stab. Yeah. And I gave him four, and then I told him to bring him to church so Mr. Liar and I can teach him how to knife fight. Yeah. And uh, guess what? He didn't bring to church. He didn't bring the knives to church. But Peter said, like, he's been walking in a room, and he'll be like to his sisters, be like, where's my knives? <laughs> so this is good. All right. Uh, we'll come back to the shack idea. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not a problem. But yeah. I think we should move on to this very good article. Okay. We're back for our main topic, which is the idea that late capitalism is largely based on the idea, the knowledge that we as human beings are quickly and sometimes thoroughly addicted to certain things. And what we mean by addiction is not necessarily oh, alcohol and drugs or even like gambling, but there are, I can be addicted to um, likes or whatever social media says, I can be addicted to good things, uh, runner's high. I can be um, uh, addicted to phone, chocolate. I can be... um, Beanie babies. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And so I've been reading uh, uh, quite a few things uh, recently about habit too. Um, The idea of can you really change your habits? And I think you can, but it's very, 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 Wait, very, you very You mean habits difficult. like things you're going to do or habit like what a nun wears? Um, could be both in, if the nun is addicted to wearing the habit. When um, in fourth grade when we had Sister Karen, mm-hmm. 
who was the nicest nun we had by far. Um, the not nice nun ranking would be Sister Claude Marie was the meanest. Mm-hmm. She shaved my friend's head. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Michelle, second meanest. She made me blow my nose in front of the class many times because she said I blew it wrong mm. and often dumped out our desks mm. in front of the whole class if they were messy. Um, but down the list, the nicest, so least mean, mm-hmm. was Sister Karen. But um, we did an experiment in fourth grade, and we put chalk on her seat mm. so it would get on her habit. She mm-hmm. had a brown habit because she was a Franciscan nun. And then we waited to see how long the chalk was there to see we were trying to figure out how often nuns change their habits. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it was like the next day. <laughs> so that was disappointing. Yeah. Did you guys write a paper of your conclusions? Because honestly, like if you put chalk on my jeans, yeah. it's going to be there a while. Yeah. Let's not play around. No, that's gross. Um, so <laughs> what we mean by and the, the, by a habit, and those words are connected, right? The, you wear this. This is your habit. This is your... Um, uh, we th- talk about theology as a habit, right? Practice. Habit is practice. Right. Um, a, a runner's high or a pattern that you get into your, your morning coffee or whatever it is. So I, I think there's, there. It's the, funny to me, like with coffee, people like brag about their addiction. Like <laughs> they'll have a mug that's like, don't talk to me until right, it's right. down to here. Or like yeah. they'll share like their quirky thing is like. <clears throat> you know, at this time. Now, <clears throat> they're approachable. And I don't get why it's acceptable to, like, joke about that with coffee but not other things. Like, if I if I did that with, like, crack, right? like, if my crack pipe and I had, like, marked on it, like, mm-hmm. don't talk to me until, I don't know how crack pipe mm-hmm. works, but, like, I don't know if there's, like, a line where the rock gets down to. I don't think so. People would be like, that's super unhealthy. No. Or if I were, like, don't talk, like, a pizza box... It's like, don't talk to me until this many pieces are missing. Yeah. People will be like, dude, you're eating a lot of pizza. Right. In a similar way, I talk, like I, I have, I don't have self-control around sweets. I used to, but now I don't. And uh, and my wife can eat and eat and eat and not get a pound. So she's got candy everywhere. And then she complains about how the candy's gone. And I'm like, well, like you know I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like if I was an alcoholic, would you put a dish out with little, you know, little bottles of tequila? I would, you know, because I love you and I want you to be yeah. happy. So, um, we, we mean something broad. That's really what you would be an alcoholic with is tequila. No, I just, it was just a, you know. I don't think anybody is an alcoholic. They might start with tequila, like binge drinking, know. but no one like know. maintains their alcoholism. With uh, there's tequila, some fancy think. tequilas. There's quality. Te- if you're thinking tequilas. an alcohol that someone maintains their alcoholism with, what would be your number one? Vodka. Yeah, I would say vodka. And then beer and then cheap whiskey, I'd probably say. Yeah. But vodka seems well, I, to be... You could be like a classy alcoholic and gin. I don't... I mean, well, you can get yeah, cheap gin, so yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you could be. But that's more of a classy man's alcoholism. That's true. That's a functional alcoholic, I feel like. Yeah, I you know, function, we, could, we could go down the what's truly functioning... Yeah, but if we can segue this, yeah, um, the article is kind of saying we're all functional alcoholics, addicts, addicts, well, so. and and so theologically we would think about bound will, free will. Economically, we would think about, hey, is 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 business? Is there such a thing as an ethical capitalistic business model when you know you're playing off of, 
when you're either creating a need that wasn't there, creating a market wasn't there, or you're playing off of people's... You're trying to profit off of... A profit new. off of, let's be honest, addiction. If, you, if we're going to broaden the idea of addiction that I get, you know, my brain makes me feel happy if I... Um, if I, if I see this image or if I click on this thing or if I buy this, um, or if I have that McMuffin. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's, if you had to pick one fast food item, that would be your, your one that is kind of, it doesn't have to be one you have every day, but that probably gives you the closest to a fast food high. I don't know that I'm, uh, I don't know that I have that problem. I would be sausage, egg and cheese McMuffin. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I mean, like, even if you asked me what my favorite was, I don't think I would have a favorite. You don't get one that you just sometimes you get a hankering for? Mm. Like, other fast food, I don't get, like, a hankering for a specific fast food. It's just, like, sometimes I have a hanker for just bad food. Yeah, yeah. But I will get, like, if it's around breakfast time and I see a McDonald's, I'll... uh, Yeah, Uh, that's true. I think that would be the only time where you're, like... Because if you're hankering for bad food and it's lunchtime, you're, like... Well, maybe I have a feel for a burger or something else, but you're basically like, oh, that's the next burger chain. Or if, unless you're like, I really want a roast beef or I really want chicken. I get that. Except for Burger King, which is just garbage service, well, and so I've given up on it. But then, but you're right. McDonald's and the breakfast. They, they have cornered the breakfast market, and a lot of people are trying to break into it, but not. So what makes, how does McDonald's do this? Well, McDonald's makes it very cheap. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, McDonald's makes it, uh, you know, uh, salty and greasy. Mm. Um, it's going to advertise like this is this is Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. this is actually probably a good thing. Like this is going to brighten your morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine somebody on and the, celebrities. Yeah, this is their meals. This is how they. You could imagine somebody on the corner saying, "All the cool kids are doing this. Mm-hmm. This is going to make you happy." That's how I got into McDonald's. It's extremely cheap. Someone was like, you want some fries? It's extremely cheap. Yeah. And it's on like every corner. Every corner. Is, it's going to make you feel better. Everybody's doing it. Um, you know? So well, let's get serious a little bit here too. Um, what the reaction, of course, for many people is, well, and this is not just tr- true of this sort of, okay, is capitalism, uh, is capitalism, really preying on people's uh, addictive nature. Um, but, but broader things when it comes to like economics, why can't this person just get their life together? Why should I have to help out when it comes to my tax dollars going to this or that and the other thing? And I'm not making a, a case for uh, any, any kind of case when it comes to tax dollars or economy or whatever. What I'm after here is often you'll hear that person can't, should be able to do it themselves. They should have free choice and they should have ramifications for that. I shouldn't have to help them out and you should have the freedom to make those choices. I mean, think about healthy food and, uh, um, you know, bad food. And often people like say in the inner city would say, we don't have access to healthy food. And you say, well, that's not our problem. Figure that out. But that's not how I, you and I live. We, 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 we are much more impulsive. We much more go for our instinct. So when I'll say something like, I'll say, uh, when I teach, uh, uh, bound will bound choice and free will, I'll say something, well, I'll do the classic above and below, right? Right. Yes, there is. And that's where I do the Big Mac and Whopper. And, big, bit, and yeah. then, and what I'll say is like, I have a, 
I have a choice, but I'll say I have a choice between um, um, a Whopper or a salad. And then I turn to my profile and touch my belly and go, but do I really? Yeah. So for somebody who <laughs> is in my position, who is, um, I, you know, the word privilege comes with baggage, but I'm privileged. I can't, I was brought up in a, a two parent home. I had a fine public school and then private school education, relatively healthy, um, nice hair. Nice hair. Um, I would say a sparkling personality. You at guys times. have like um, words and uh, in your house, like have, um, expressions. Yeah, I have. There are books. You have a fireplace. There are books in my. It doesn't work right now, but we have books. Um, you know, a, a family that you have a um, what do you call that thing that you built on your patio? Pergola. Yeah. You have a pergola a pool, and you had. I think you said you it exploded or something, but you had a one of them things for. You you were into the meats for a while there. Oh yeah, I got I I bought another one the next day. What do you That's call how that? I am a Traeger grill. Yeah, you have a Traeger grill. So, um, and there did are, it blow up or it started on fire? Okay, but grease fire. Uh. Long story. Um, but I was privileged enough to say I am going to make a very large, expensive purchase that very afternoon because I don't want to live without it. What I'm saying is, I'm no Rockefeller but I'm not living in poverty and I should be able to make healthy choices economically, healthy choices for my <coughs> physical body, for my spiritual well-being, And I can't. And a lot of times now I expect somebody who is maybe brought up with a single parent household that maybe went to, 60% of the school days that we were required to go to didn't have access uh, to a, did not like have, a large market with produce did not have access to that did not have all of that kind of stuff as a child and now as an adult I expect that person to be on the same level as me and I expect that person to overcome bigger challenges that I have never had to overcome the only the only way I can get there is if I truly believe <coughs> in a free will and I believe that modernity that put humanism on a pedestal and made it the be all and the end all. And I would suggest that Arminian theology mm -hmm. that privileges uh, free will because they want to be able to say human responsibility. Somebody has human. The Arminians critique of the reformed is that there's no human responsibility. That ideal, that Protestant work ethic, that Arminian free will about human personal responsibility, modern humanism, this modern American Protestant thing that we live in, which is where capitalism has taken off, not that they're completely related. I don't think they're totally completely related, but are. We don't totally buy the, the Faber thesis. No. Right? Um, that, this, that, that this is a mindset that is, I would say, largely flawed mm -hmm. and is accepted without any criticism by a fair amount of Americans, regardless of denomination or regardless of faith. And um, I, I think then when we look at certain issues where, let's just take soda pop in um, New York soda City. I, for both sides, I said soda pop. Okay, now can we in, just say pop though? Yeah, in, Nor in, in you know, I actually, this is one of my not Michigander things is I'll say soda because of California. Anyway. Um, 
It's better than what is it, Texas, where they just say Coke for yeah, everything? Well, let's say this White Coke. Can I have a Sprite Coke? No, it's White Coke. Oh, really? Coke, Coke, White Coke, Orange Coke. Now, let's say I want a White Coke in New York City and it's illegal to get the 16 ounce, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the freedom fighters are going to say, it's my choice. How dare you come into it? And I understand you give a little bit of a freedom that it, there can be a, um, a slippery slope. I, I get that. Right. But at the same time, this is not just an individualistic problem because we are going to collectively pay for bad health in general, right? So there is, and I'm not, I don't have a solution. I'm not saying where the, the line is to be I don't drawn. I like where this is going, Michael. But I, I think the reality is two things, that we are hyper-individualistic and we, we have to realize that my personal freedoms do affect other people and that maybe the ethics should be love. I think Jesus said something about that, the highest. I'm not sure. Rather than just, I get to do whatever the flip I want. And the second main thesis is to say, you think you're doing whatever you want, but in reality you're not because you are um, a person with a bound will, theologically. Now, biologically or maybe neurologically, you know, I mean, there's some open questions here, but you could say, People tend to do things by instinct <clears throat> because maybe they're addicted to things, not necessarily because they have always made rational and, choices. Yeah, and by nature and by nurture, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's just some things we're born with proclivities for, um, and then there's some things that we grow up with that really, I mean, think of your taste buds. Um, they change. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I would agree, and I would say um, where I think the article... And I will say the article is not saying anything probably you or I haven't said to each other before, but I think it's good to see it applied. And, you know, late-stage capitalism, you can take or leave the, the subtitle if sure. you want. You know, some that are not fans of that term. Um, and maybe maybe just give me the, the academic late The market capitalism. today is what, is what we're basically talking about, which I think everyone in 2022 can kind of look at where we're at and say – there's some idiosyncrasies here. There's some some oddities. Um, but where I think it it's helpful in, in what I find that early on when I would talk about the bound will, I just put all this effort into like you don't have a free will in spiritual matters when it comes to conversion. But then I would kind of grant the like freedom below, mm -hmm. right? Which Luther to some degree does, but even he qualifies it. Right. And the older I get, and the more I think about it, I just, I qualify the freedom below more and more. Because while I'll joke, you, you can choose between Big Macs or Whoppers or a Big Mac and a Whopper. <clears throat> Choice isn't always freedom, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you can't always even choose that. What's in your area? What do you have money for? What do you have allergies or dietary restrictions about? Um I have some level of freedom in choosing a spouse, but I have to like, you know, if I'm a, a young 20 year old man and I'm looking for a spouse, I probably, it has to be someone I can meet. So they have to be in my area or on the app or whatever else, probably someone in my league, unless I'm one of the few that is blessed to really punch above my weight, um, you know, I'll kick my coverage, probably someone who uh, is interested in me. 
right? I don't get just to make other people interested in me. <clears throat> um, there's all these these, and, and even then, do you really choose who you fall in love with? If we're going to go down the romantic right. path, yeah. I don't even get to completely choose my career. It depends on where my gifts are, what I'm able to get training for, where there's an opportunity. We would say you're called, right? right? Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes we we um, do a disservice by talking about the will being bound in spiritual matters, but then just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay. You can have the things below. And I mean, I, think of your birth, where you're born, yeah. who you're born to, um, what your socioeconomic status is, um, what the uh, the culture is around you. Um, this is, uh, and, and I don't mean that just in a way like you talked about privilege, but just in general. Uh, none of these are things over which I had a say, and yet they're things that have shaped my life and very, just think of the language you're born into. And the way you think about things is conditioned by that language. That's one of the, the things about studying language, and it broadens your horizon. Um, but there are things that in English you just don't think because that's not how English works. All of these things are limiting factors in your life. Um, and so uh, maybe that freedom isn't as free as we think. And and yet um, there is some choice, and capitalism thrives on choice. And I'm not, I'm not bashing capitalism as a thing that's – by the way – Marx didn't necessarily completely bash capitalism. He thought it was responsible for some of the biggest advances in, in human history. He just thought it would burn out, right? But it was a stage, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm here with my iPhone and my scratched but functioning Zoom recording thing, um, you know, in our studio with a smart water over there. Um, even though we have a, a a drinking fountain, I don't even know whose smart water that is. It's mine. Okay. Um, and with a Detroit bike, mm-hmm. a very um, A-type Detroit. It's a beautiful bike, Michael, I think you it can is. see. We, we have our own advertising stickers for our own podcast. Yeah. Right? We understand marketing. Right. And so capitalism realizes that. Um, and so it plays up free will and choice because that's what makes it fun to make a purchase, right? Um, and maybe just even feeds even more this notion we have. And I think you're exactly right with Arminianism. Which, to be clear, Arminianism is simply right that you make a decision for Christ, and you're exactly right. <clears throat> the fear was that if you don't, if it's not you that makes the decision, there's no human responsibility, which was also why Melanchthon objected to on the bondage of the will by Luther. Um, this, uh, well, what does that give in to then? If the if the driving concern um, in injecting ourselves into a decision for salvation is human responsibility, it's going to lead itself to make moral judgments and moral values. And so something we greatly value is choice. Um, And uh, the connection, and we we talk about this in Christ and culture more and more, we often, Paul or others will say, like, be sober-minded. And we take that to mean, like, okay, don't get drunk, don't get stoned, like, don't have too much coffee. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff. Like, drugs and alcohol is probably the main thing that we take that as. But is that really the main thing he's saying when he says sober-minded? Because sometimes he also says, like, don't get drunk. So maybe sober-minded isn't just, like, sober, like, not drunk. Are we truly sober-minded, then, if we are um, in a system that is constantly influencing and nudging us, which we know it does? Right. Uh, The other day, uh, oh, I went to get the car wash to wash my truck. Because of all the salt, because 
we live in the Midwest, which I love, but we're just in that time of year where you question your decision. Uh, and I go through Scrub-A-Dub here on 84th, which is my, my go-to car wash and oil change center. Uh, ben recommended it to me, and I've gone there for years now. <clears throat> well, then I get home, and guess what pops up on my social media thing? Is Scrub-A-Dub, right? We, uh, we're subject to all these. Imp- well, are we truly then, to what degree are we sober-minded if we don't sit back and stop and, and consider it not only in things above, um, but in things below as well. And maybe you can tell me if you think I'm way off on that. Um, I would also say a topic we should do sometime and that I, I, I've been encouraging students to do papers on is, is there a Christian view on privacy? Yeah. And I think there is a, I think the right to privacy is a, a, a thing that Christianity supports. It's the same as you withdraw to your closet to pray as Jesus talks about. I think it's hard to be sober-minded if there's not some degree mm-hmm. where we get a break from out the external Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go ahead. Am yeah, privacy is a different. I mean, we should. I would. I would like us to do. We'd have to bone up on some stuff. That talk about pri- does privacy even exist? The idea that privacy is something that's privacy from whom? Yeah, it's a fairly modern Western concept, or or getting played out in re, in the you know like you, there's no such thing as privacy when you're living in you know some in a village where there's no you know, there's no set that that's my property. That's your property kind of thing. Anyway. Um, and when we, one last thing on privacy, like what I do in my private does come out some in certain ways in my, in my life. Right. Anyway. Um, no, I, think I we're going to just, this would be fun. This will be a good back and forth episode. Thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, we would need a reading to discuss them. Right. Um, if and, listeners know of a good yeah. reading from a secular or a Christian perspective on privacy, um, whether it should be a right, what it should entail. Um, and, please and this do would send be, it along. This would be outside of our purview, but like, you know, is there a right to privacy in the Constitution? You know, that kind of thing. You know, that. And why does it matter? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, the, the maybe the, the person who believes, really wants to hold on to free will, you may say, well, geez, if there's free will, why are we all sinners? And I think they would talk about free will in spiritual matters like we would talk in free will on things below. So we talk about things below. We go, yeah, we, 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 are res- we are responsible for this. We are responsible for this. And, um, but let's be honest, it's really, really hard, and, and free will is a bit of an illusion. And I think that maybe a, a, a person from that theological stripe would, would, would talk that way. Like, yeah, we, we have free will. We are responsible for whether we believe in Jesus or not believe in Jesus. Um, but let's be honest, we're all sinful. We understand that it's very difficult. I think that's how we talk about things below and things ablo- above. We talk about if it's going to be a gift, it's actually going to be nothing that we do. But if we reject it, then it is our responsibility. And that's a paradox. And we just, uh, Lutherans are okay with living with that paradox. I, I do, as you were talking, I was thinking about, okay, you know, late capitalism, late modernity. And movie. can we just say <coughs> by late capitalism, when people use that term, what they basically mean, like late stage capitalism, is where people see, in their view, inequalities growing mm-hmm. and the stability. Right, They're, we're getting more ups and downs, depressions, recessions. Um, so this is this is what people use at the term "be." Yeah, let me and let me let me put it this way: the whole like just the whole modernism, you might may say, um, which capitalism certainly is a part of, to say. 
you know, in, in modernity, we collectively said, look what we can do. And in postmodernity or getting into late modernity, however, we need 500 years to tell us where we are right now. But we say, look what we have done. Yeah. Right. And here's the ramifications of, I mean, even in our own collective, our age, our generations, our kind of own collective memory, um, you know, just think about our grandparents, what you know, things that were just so cool, right? Like plastics or the microwave or whatever. And now we look almost mm-hmm. down upon those things. Oh, pla- have you been reading these articles yeah, about yeah. plastic in our food now? Yeah. So we say, again, instead of saying, look what we can do, we have said, look what we have done. Yeah. So w- what becomes the rebellion there, right? Where we, do we give up and say, um, you know, th- there are certain things that we are just a part of this corporate whatever, this machine, we're part of this industrial, whatever industrial complex you want to put in front of that military, you know, whatever. Um, is there any hope? And you could see people easily, easily giving up, but there is a sense of, of, of humanity that is willing always to fight that there is a sense of, we want our own individual freedom. And that says something to us in this discussion, right? Are we willing to fight back a little bit without being uh, just a, a rebel without a cause. Or in, and, and in a way that it's not utopian, but it's also not like, let's just go back to the primitive. Right. Let's get let's throw everything out because there's been right. a bit. Like By we're the not, way, we're not going to go off the grid kind of thing. When you said, you know, corporate stuff, we're just subject to stuff. Do you know what uh, 90s song came to mind? What? It's Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, Bullet with Butterfly, remember, despite all my rage. Right. I'm still just still a rat just a in a rat cage. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I think there's... there's. And then when you said we should fight against it... Yeah, rage against the machine. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to sing that song because right. yeah. there's questionable language. Yeah. So, you know, once again, our poets, right? The the the, the By the way, Michael, larger. I cussed in class today. Oh, I do all the time. But I did it in an appropriate way because I was talking about yeah, sometimes there's, yeah. guess which word I said? Uh, poop. Uh, the S word? Yeah. Yeah, I said that yeah, one. Yeah. I do that sometimes. I couldn't think of another word and it, it was it was appropriate. When I teach the, when I teach in, in uh, the intro class about the Ten Commandments and the Second Commandment, I say, when we say cursing and swearing, we don't mean four-letter words. In fact, I would say that um, an appropriate use of a four-letter word is, is actually... Can, can be, be extremely well. helpful, yeah. and then I say, but if you're the type of person that's like if this, if this, if the, everything, I say you need to expand your vocabulary, right? Because that's just, not salt and light. You're just being well. You're just you're pretty shallow. I mean, come up with some different words, right? I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to hit on that. Um, so just just to kind of think, I the more recently I've been thinking about is this idea of identifying ourselves. right? We are obsessed with identity. <clears throat> is this the last gasp of humanism as we realize that we're being sucked into this, this pit, this vortex kind of, of like the addict getting ready to hit hop, rock yeah, bottom. Like you're just, and, and this is your last, cause there's certain things and you had mentioned some certain things that they just in re, even if you're, even if you're really, I have free choice and freedom and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there are certain things that were, you, you did not choose life. You did not choose your name. You did not choose your language. There's, there's quite a few things that you didn't, you didn't change. You can 
reject those and you can you can reject you can take away your life you can change your and name. notice the trends towards that today yep. to try to to take control of all these things right. that we didn't get to to name something to identify something to sh- to give something value has to come from outside of us and all those things did come from outside and we don't create language nope. right we're formed within it and yet right this desire then to take control of words. So then when, when I think about those things, life, name, language, value, identity, those, let's just use those five things. Those things have to come from outside of you. You did not choose any of them. They were given to you, but you can try to reject and change all of those things. But notice how drastic that is. Suicide, a complete changing of your name, a legal changing of your name which actually does not undo the fact that you had that name before. Um, to learn a language is extremely difficult, especially... Well, or to, to try to come up with words that you expect other people to be able to navigate. To, 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 to learn your own language by your own free, mil, free will means that you're old enough to make that decision, which means your ability to learn a new language is very difficult. Worse, yes... Worse yet, if you pretend like language doesn't matter anymore, you're still stuck explaining that change with language, right? Right. Very difficult to do. Um, Your your value to try to say I to just wake up and say I am I am beautiful I am wonderful or whatever. I think for most of us we realize that's a bit of a lie, right? Like you can't you don't just get to wake up one day and say the only person I care about uh, their opinion is me. Do you ever though, like in the shower, say affirming things? Oh, I say it in the mirror. You know, I say. You know what I do in the shower? The shower is where I allow myself to say the negative things. (laughs) The negative things, yeah. So, like, I'll be like, you know, like I resign. I've had enough of this, or whatever. That's where I, and then I, I wash it all away, Michael. Okay. All my frustrations. What if you take a bath? Um, I haven't taken a bath in years. Um, it's kind of gross. With all the kids, like, it's kind of gross. Our tubs are. Um, and then the last thing. Uh, which is identity, notice that, that I just get to choose what I identify as. Or you try as. to limit what identifies right. you. So this is, this is, seems to be the, you're, I mean, who, who, just think about what one of the greatest things God gave to Adam was the ability to name things. That was a divine thing to name things. And he, he gives that to parents as, as their masks. Um, he gives parents the ability to give life, which is a divine thing. I think there's very right. vocational. And he places here. Adam within community with Eve. Yeah. So also he does with us. So just to, just to think about what we're doing is we play God. If we say I get to give and take life, I get to name things. I get to identify things. I get to value or devalue things. Um, these are all divine acts that God has, has graced us uh, with and then has used us in vocations to do that. And when we buck against that and try to do that our own way, we are becoming the idol. And, and so we have this funny situation in, in, in late modernity, early post-modernity, whatever, wherever we are, where we understand that there are so many forces against us and that we are much more instinct and emotion than we are rationality. And yet at the same time, we're trying to play the rational God. And I just wonder if it's the last gasp of humanity, of humanism, not humanity, but humanism, realizing that we are in a perilous situation here. And, and no, I, and I, I think uh, there is something too. This is very dystopian. You must well, love it. Yeah, there's this, this furious effort, 
um, to kind of rescue these things that we've made um, prime virtues or concerns. Um, I mean, it's the same as you think of like a, I'm going to upload my consciousness or, you know, um, these desperate attempts that, that somehow, um, you know, mitigate against all the things that otherwise limit. Um, and yet those things that often limit us are also um, blessings, usually. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's very helpful. Um, I mean, as far as the article, as far as um, getting us to buy stuff, whatever else, uh, I don't know that that was as interesting to us as it was to have as a jumping point, but I will um, share he has at the end here. Uh, uh, the Mechanisms of Addiction. Craving, overconsumption, dependent, shame, and furtiveness, the chasing of irretrievable or imaginary highs, the diminishing returns of the old reward loop are not just a weird deviation from the norm. They are the norm. Yeah, that's... And I, I thought that was a pretty good line. And, and, and not only for products for you can buy, but for um, just... It could be jogging. It could. Yeah. And I think that's just our, our human nature that uh, we can explain that biologically, right, with the instinct and stuff. But we can also, from a theological point of view, explain that just because of our bound will and our, our, our weakness. So, uh, you know, uh, one thing that maybe be too much for for this episode or whatever, but something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, too, is, you know, self-care. Like a psychologist can say self-care. Like someone would, would, a counselor would look at my life and say, you know, Michael, you need to get into better eating habits, better exercise habits. This will be a benefit for for you, for your, for your work, for your family, all these things. And both of us do think about those things and try, right? Like you've been riding a bike. Oh, both of us means me and you. Yeah. I've been riding a bike, uh, maybe changing some dietary things or whatever. And at the same time, there's something to be said about living life. There's only one way to live life, right? And that is to, 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 to the fullest. And there's something to because be said. self-care can also be addictive. Yeah. yeah. There's something to be said about somebody who works hard and plays hard, loves their neighbor, just goes 100 miles per hour, Yolo. and maybe dies early, but then goes to heaven. And what, what, what a wonderful thing to have heaven to say, you know what, I can't change my bad habits of the last 20, 30 years. You're sounding like an Epicurean now. And, and, maybe, and, maybe, I, and maybe I won't. He, he's underrated. Anyway, um, just to say, you know, because I have heaven, it's going to be all right, you know, and there's something to be said about, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy life and I'm going to work hard. I, I would, I would combat that with working hard, like really throwing yourself into your job and, and your family. Work hard, play hard. Work hard, play saying. hard. The whole thing. Live in, you know. But watch out for the gin. Yeah. But like, what did Professor Deutschlander say to us? He says, you'll, you'll have plenty of time to rest in heaven. Right. So, but I understand that self-care is for the quality of life, for the sake of your neighbor, for the sake of the enjoyment. And so there is a balance there. Um, but that's part of the story here of how then do you go forward knowing full well that I'm addicted to this phone and I'm addicted to this sugar and I'm addicted to all of these things. Are you addicted to me, Michael? I am not addicted to you, but I am oh, addicted to the intellectual curiosity that you are a part of in my life. That's not as good as I was hoping for. <laughs> I can't quit you, Wade. I just can't quit you. That's what I want to hear. Um, but 
what if I realize that, what can I do? Right. I mean, this is kind of where we have spiritual disciplines like fasting and stuff like that, um, where where they can Which teach would us also something. Be another good episode. They can teach us something to say. It's in my brain to say that I need to have sugar every ninety minutes. That means that by habit, I can break that. That is a possibility. I'm not going to stake my whole value and my existence on my ability to break this addiction as small as and as insignificant as this addiction may seem. It's not heroin, <clears throat> but it's still bad for me. It's still an addiction, right? But at the same time, I think I can, I, I can say, all right, there are some disciplines where I can say, I do, do I really need to be a part of this cheap consumerism always? Right. Can I look for quality food rather than quantity? Can I look for a quality book instead of uh, uh, a cheap clickbait on, you know, whatever, Reddit or whatever? Um, can I balance that out is what I'm saying. Yeah. Not that you, and I, and it, one more point, don't interrupt me. Because I know, you know where you're going. I, say. I know where you're going. And I go, but um, can you have quality um, in your food, in your life, in your education, all those things? I think that maybe is a key where you have quality and authenticity and and you have a place for all of this and instead of kind of the, the cheap high. Um, at the same time, I think more and more we realize about addiction that it's not so much about uh, quitting everything cold turkey, that even for some some of the chemical addictions mm -hmm. that it's more about like, can you learn to control this? So do I think you should not, you should completely uh, get rid of your Reddit addiction? No, but I think that you need to sprinkle in some authentic long form in, in your, in your reading, right. Um, that you, that you are going to watch, uh, maybe a, a movie that is, uh, intriguing to you and what we would call maybe artsy every once in a while between die hard, die hard one, die hard two, die hard three. Um, can you, can you read a book once in a while? Can you, can you do, can you take a trip to instead of uh, Cancun? Can you take a trip to somewhere where you actually go see an art museum and see some history? You know what I mean? I mean, there's some authentic things that you can sprinkle into this life instead of this constant. I'm constantly being pushed to the fast food. I'm constantly being pushed to the cheap entertainment. I'm kindly be, I'm, I'm being pushed to realize you're being pushed there by people who want to make money off of you. And to say, maybe I do take a little bit more control, not for the sake of to prove that I have a free will, but to say, God has something better for me. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? No, I think that. And rage against the machine. Those things are consistent with human dignity. Yeah. What do you think I wanted to talk about before? I don't know that uh, Reddit is. Yeah, you said Reddit. That Reddit is actually the highest form of culture. <laughs> no, but I, I have enjoyed Reddit. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy Reddit through you. I do not go onto Reddit, but you send me things on occasion that are helpful. But I feel like you don't, you don't like signal your appreciation. I don't. Ever. I do not like to. Um, I was wondering, like, did he like those memes? Well, because I'm trying to break you from that addiction. Yeah, I would say maybe a good episode to keep in mind. Um, but right, the church does recognize even long before capitalism. Um that we are subject to much that surrounds us. Um, and there are spiritual disciplines. And maybe as Lutherans, we don't 
always appreciate them as much as we should. Right? Luther um, does mention fasting, right? Yeah, yeah. As Christ. And the problem becomes, as with self-care, as you were mentioning, right? When, when, when fasting became a law mm-hmm. uh, and it had to be managed and you had to do it just right rather than something you could do in freedom to maintain freedom, um, that's when the problem came. But I think, um, you know, spiritual disciplines could maybe be a nice episode, you yeah. know, um, that, uh, I mean, there's, there's a reason in the divine service and I always felt awkward as a pastor cause you're wrestling with like, how long do you pause? But mm-hmm. like just silence mm-hmm. sometimes. So, um, meditation we would include into this, uh, and, right. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a, a, an episode on spiritual disciplines and what it means to be sober minded would be helpful. Um, but otherwise, I mean, our message is, um, the downer is we're arguing that we and you are much less free than we think we are, um, in the day-to-day things of life, um, and in, in, um, the, the big stuff as well. Um, and yet there is one who frees us from those things, who, uh, who calls us out of slavery and uh, and does say we are worth more than anything we are tempted to sell our worth to, or um, to look to our worth for. And so, with that in mind, uh, take a break from the algorithms. Um, have your plastic infused food in peace, should you desire. What did you call it? Salt and grease. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but in the end. Remember that your freedom um, is much bigger than any freedom that a political system or a market can offer and that the most important choice is not one that you made, but God with his, uh, his divine election has already made um, and that choice was to make you his own. And in that, let the bird fly. Another round, another round, another round, one more round won't get me down.